0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Luke chapter 4, verse number 18 Christ speaking, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. Everyone say the word freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight. For the blind to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Today we're starting this series called Free at Last. Everybody in this room desires freedom from something. And I'm determined to help you get there by the work of the Spirit of God along with the Word of God. We're going to find freedom free at last. And my first week's portion of this, my subtopic today, is freedom from strongholds. And I know that's a biblical type word. You don't really use it every day, but we're gonna talk about it. Freedom from strongholds. Let's get started. I don't know if there's anything that really just kind of sets me back anymore more than being lied to. I can I can handle a lot from my, my kids and and from from our our employees here at the church, even to strangers. I can kind of take some stuff and I can work through some stuff. But man, when I'm lied to, when I'm looked in the eye and lied to, it just, it stretches my patience. And I've got one of my girls, she can look you in the eye and tell you just the slightest. I mean, it's not even a good lie. It's just the faintest of lie, and you know she's lying. God's just not giving her the gift of lying. I'm telling you, you would take all her money in a poker game. She just can't lie. But I've got another one. Woo! She can have you believe in the most incredible untruths, and I'm telling you, if you ever challenge her to poker, I hope you got a lot of money, because she's got a poker face like nobody's business. Well, My point trying to be made here is that there's there's someone that tells more lies to you than anyone else. It's not your cousin. It's not your family or even a stranger. The Bible refers to someone known as Satan, Lucifer, the devil. And once you start kind of narrowing it down, you will find that the enemy of your spiritual well-being, his greatest gift... Is his ability to lie and to have you believe it. He is a deceiver. Matter of fact, the Bible calls him the father of all lies. It even says on one occasion that when the devil speaks, he speaks lies, which is his native language. I mean, this cat knows how to tell an untruth. And he gets you to bite that, that untruth. He gets you to fall for it every time. Well... What I'm wanting to do over today in the next few weeks is to expose a few of the reoccurring lies that we see in Scripture where he he lied to people in, in biblical context. And I'm going to tell you some things that he's doing today that he's lying to people about. And why I'm going to expose those lies is this. If we can expose the lie, we can cut the influence of the liar. We can defeat the liar by exposing the lies he tells. So over the next few weeks, get ready. We're going we're gonna to talk about this. Well, one of the lies he tells is, is that, you will, that you will never be free from the stronghold that has you bound right now. So how are we going to defeat him? Second Corinthians chapter number 10. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5. For we live in the world... But we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, the weapons we fight with have divine power to demolish strongholds. The weapons we fight with have the power to demolish strongholds. And we take captive every thought. Everyone say the word thought. We take captive every thought. Not just to... Not just to bring our thoughts into captivity, but then it says, and to make it obedient to Christ. So what is a stronghold anyway? A stronghold is a prisoner that's locked by deception. A stronghold puts someone into a state of prison by using the force of an untruth, by telling them a lie. They've bought the lie so much that it is truth in their minds. Is there anyone in the room that's familiar with an author, preacher, teacher, radio personality by the name of Beth Moore? Anyone familiar with Beth Moore's ministry? Beth Moore's written a book called Praying God's Word. It's kind of older now, but it's still a great resource, Praying God's Word. Beth Moore says a stronghold is something that's made its way into your mind. That's pretending to be bigger and stronger than God. A strongholder is something that's made its way into your thinking that has you believing that it's bigger and stronger than God. The key word is pretending. You know, if you've ever been to the zoo, you've probably seen what I've seen uh, you take your children to the zoo and you you see the flamingos, you see the, the 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 reptile section. Well, when you get over to the elephants, that big, large, majestic, beautiful beast of an elephant, you you if you're like me, you've probably wondered how is this elephant kept in this small of an area? He just kind of stands there. If he moves, he just kind of moves back and forth in place. Well, if you look down around his ankle. There's not a large chain. There's a small little rope around that elephant's foot. Because when he was young, the zookeeper, the training staff, kept a large chain around that elephant's foot to the point now as an adult male or female elephant that could snap that rope like this, they believe in their mind that they're still chained down this is what the enemy wants to do to you the enemy wants to mess with your thinking so long and 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 in such degree that even though you could break free you won't break free because you don't think it's possible well I've come to just preach somebody into a place of freedom today if you're willing to receive it say amen how do you know if you've been impacted by a stronghold? How do you know, as Beth Moore would say, how do you know if something's made its way into your mind that's not healthy, that's got you, that's got you chained down in your thinking? Well, first of all, you would know it because it steals your focus. And I'm not talking about a focus like, like you listening to a sermon focus or me focusing on my notes type of focus. This is referring to, The enemy wants you to get your focus off of the truth that Jesus Christ laid his life down for you on the cross. That you are a blood-bought, redeemed, sanctified child of God. The enemy wants you to get your focus off of that onto a thought that you you are condemned, that you are unloved, that you are unworthy, that that you have no value. Once the enemy gets a thought into your mind that appears pretending to be bigger than God, you will start seeing your issues in life bigger than God. You'll start seeing your problems bigger than God. So in other words, you've lost your focus. You've lost your focus on the truth and you've misplaced your focus onto the lie. Here's another way of knowing if you've been impacted by a stronghold. And that is that it causes you to feel controlled by an outside force. I I can put it this way. You know, uh, when a stronghold has a hold of your mind and the enemy has made its way into your mind, you'll start taking on the identity of the problems in your life. I'm a big proponent of of programs such as Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm a big proponent of it. Uh, I'm a big proponent of Discovery. I'm a big proponent of, of most programs, whether they're faith-based or even not. I'm a big proponent of anything that's going to help people find freedom. And there are those in this service that you're, you're a living testimony that you have broken free from certain issues in your life by the help of some programs so I'm on thin ice. I want to be very careful, and you're going to have to listen very intently to know this is not criticizing any program. But there is one little slight thing that I have an issue with, and that is if you've been sober now, if you've been clean now for a length of time, if you've broken free for a length of time, I just don't like the verbiage that, that hi, my name is Tommy Brandon, and I'm an alcoholic, I feel like what we've done is given ourselves, we have taken on the identity of the problem that we've been working through. I have no problem with, hi, I'm Tommy Brandon, and I'm a born-again child of God, and I'm I'm working through some issues because we're all working through some issues. And I have no problem with talking like, you know, at one point in my life I was addicted to alcohol, but God's continually daily to give me the strength to overcome. I don't have a problem with that. But I don't like people taking on the identity of the issues they're working on. That's a work of the enemy. You're not, your name is not an alcoholic's name. You're a child of God. Jesus loves you. You're more than an issue. You're a soul. You're a spirit. You're, you're human. You're a creation of God. You're not an issue. You may have issues, like me and everyone else in this room, but you're not an issue. You're a work of God's grace, and God loves you. Somebody say amen today. How do you know if you've been impacted by a stronghold is when you start allowing yourself to call your name as an issue versus the who God made you to be. Final thing I want to share with you is issues that come into our minds, such as strongholds, they distract us from our real purpose in life, they get us off track. We know what our purpose is. This church, we have signs about it all around our building. We put it in every mail out. We put it in our worship guides. Everything you see around here is the purpose of God for all humanity. God wants you to know him in relationship. He wants to get you freed up from stuff that you've been dealing with. And he wants you to discover your original purpose in life. And what is that purpose? That is to make a difference in someone else's life. But you let the enemy of your life, you let the devil get a lie in your mind that's bigger than God. You will find a distraction from your purpose and you'll start thinking life is all about you. You'll start living out of greed. You'll start living out of selfishness. You'll start putting yourself before everybody else. And all it stems back to is it's a stronghold. A stronghold's gotten a hold of your life. So how do we break free from it? Let me give it to you quickly today. How do we break free from it? First of all, this is what we're going to pray. We're going to pray 2 Timothy chapter 2 over our lives. And I speak this over every single one of you today. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I speak that you will come to your senses and you will escape from the trap of the devil who has taken you captive to do his will. You're going to be free in the name of the Lord. Well, how am I going to get there? Let me give it to you. First thing you have to do, I can't do for you, and this is going to stretch some of you theologically, even God can't do this for you, and that is you're going to have to take back your thought life. You're going to have to take back the way you think. You've allowed yourself to be controlled by thoughts that are not true thoughts that are unhealthy, you're going to have to take control of the way you think. Oh, Pastor Tommy, is this some kind of pop psychology? No, this is the book of Romans, chapter number 8, verse number 5. The Bible says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, those that are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. Watch how it snowballs. If you're being controlled by the sinful nature, you're going to have sinful thoughts. Here it goes. And those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, you think about things that please the Spirit. Well, what's the difference in the two? This is what it says. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. If the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. All right, I'm going to let y'all in on the question I'm about to ask. That way nobody misses it. The answer is yes, and you're going to raise your hand. You ready? How many of you know that you would like more peace in your life? There we go. We passed. We got it right. Every single one of us in this, in this room today, you know you could use more peace in your life. The reason I did that is I asked the second service that, and no one raised their hand. And I went, I'm so confused. Who would want more peace in their life? And I'm like, okay, this is the third attempt at this question. Would you like to have more peace in your life? So I couldn't handle it with you getting it wrong. Every single one of us could use more peace in our life. So how do we get there? We get rid of the strongholds. Guys, I'm fitting to preach to you real good, real strong, real short. It is as easy as this. You are what you're thinking about. What you think about will become what you choose. And what you choose is what you're left to deal with. Country music? I love country music. That's what I listen to half the time, most of the time. This is what it says. I know, what I, was, I know what I was doing, but what was I thinking? Well, whatever it was you were doing is what you were thinking. Because there's no escaping this. Once you start making choices, your choices are predicated by what you've been thinking about. So if your choices aren't healthy, that tells me your thought life hasn't been healthy. So I don't, what do I do? I get a hold of my thinking. Why can't God do that? Because he gave you the brain. It's your brain. And he's given you willpower. And he's given you power to make decisions and choices. If he didn't give you the brain, he would be making the choice of salvation for you. Which would completely nullify the gospel. He's given you the brain to choose well. The Bible says choose life, not death. What is that saying? Choose the things that please the Spirit. This is what Romans says, guys. And I'm going I'm to just ride this horse a little while longer. If I think on the things of sin, I'm going to choose the things of sin. If I choose the things of sin, get ready, it's going to bring death. Real life examples, here we go. And these are not too extreme. I'm certain that this would apply to anyone in this service. If I choose to say, "Man, I'm done with this marriage." I'm thinking about this. I'm, I'm thinking, "Man, she's not as cute as she used to." Be. Man, look at him. Look at Tommy. He's look at Tommy. He's done put on all that weight. Look at him. Bless his little heart. He got all pudgy all of a sudden. And he's and and you start thinking these things. You start thinking, "Man, Denora, man, she used to cook. Now she doesn't cook." You start thinking these thoughts. Look at You just start thinking. Thoughts become choices. And then you're presented with alternatives and you make a really bad choice. And don't you come tell me. It just happened. Nothing just happens. It starts in your mind. You don't file bankruptcy over credit card debt overnight. You thought about it. And you swiped it. Do you like that? Swiped it. You don't even swipe anymore. You thought about it and you chipped it. I don't know how we got here. I know how you thought your way there. You thought you needed it. You didn't have the money to pay for it. So you chipped it. And it goes on and on and on. How would you get so pudgy, Tommy? Man, I'm like insecure today, right? How'd you get there, Tommy? Well, it just happened. You know, I woke up one morning and there it was. Two more inches around my way. No, I thought, babe's chicken is killer awesome. (laughs) Get thee behind me, Satan. What y'all clapping for, man? I'm trying to get delivered up here and y'all are like making me want chicken right now. You start thinking, you'll start choosing poorly. Everybody say, get a hold of my thinking. You gotta have to start thinking in a more healthy way to where you'll start choosing a more healthy way. Proverbs 23, somebody help me finish it. Whatsoever a man thinketh, so is he. Whatsoever a man thinketh, so is he. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world. Don't do that. Rather, let God transform you into a new person. How's he going to do that? By changing the way you think. So how am I going to get freedom from this deception of the in- enemy? How am I going to break the stronghold off my life? I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to get my mind made up. And I'm going to get clear in my thinking. I'm going to get the, the distorted vision uh, cleared up. I'm going to get a hold of my thoughts Brings me to my second point for our message today. Watch this. Once my mind is clear, once my thinking's right, I can identify the lie that's got me bound up. Now, if I'm, if I'm spending my Friday night and I'm drinking and, and I'm, I cross that line into being drunk, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to try to drive drunk My vision is distorted. My mind is troubled. My my decision-making ability is not as sharp as it needs to be. I don't see obstacles in my way. Therefore, we have record numbers of accidents and even fatalities. Due to the troubled mind, the compromised mind brings distorted vision. In the spirit, it's the same way. Unless you get your thinking right, you're never going to see the lie that the devil's telling you. You're never even going to see it. You're just going to always believe it. But the minute you get your mind clear, your vision gets clear. And you can start seeing things. And you can say, whoa, the enemy just told me that that's not true. That is not true about my marriage. That is not true about my church. That is not true about my family. That devil is a lying devil, and I... I can't believe all those years I believed that. Well, why you believed it was because your mind was disturbed because you weren't thinking clearly. But once you start getting your thoughts captive into the obedience of Christ, you can start seeing clearly, and now you can start identifying the lie. What's the point of that identification? Because when you expose the lie, you defeat the liar. And last but not least, once my mind's clear, And once I identify the liar and the lie, I now have to drive that out of my life. How I'm going to do it. Ephesians chapter number 6 verse number 10. Ephesians. Paul tells me, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in his mighty power. And for me to put on the armor of God. Why? So that I can take my stance Against the devil's schemes. And then a few scriptures later, it says, Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray. Everyone say, Take the word of the Lord. Come on, everybody. We're about done. Everybody say, Take the word of the Lord Lord." and pray. I used this illustration in the 10 o'clock service. It just came to my mind. If Denor were to nudge me at 2 a.m. and say, Baby, Baby. I think somebody's in the house. I'd say, well, go check it out. Let me know how it works. Let me know how it works out for you. No, for real. I would go, and if I walked into my living room in the middle of 2 a.m., and if I saw a stranger in my house, how ignorant it would be for me to say, oh, you know you don't belong in my house. Now, I'm going back to bed. You no good for nothing, rascal. And me just forget about it. It's one thing for you to identify the stronghold. But there's some of you that have already identified the stronghold, but you've never driven that out of your life. If I come around that living room and that dude's there, I'm going to go ninja. I'm black belt. Like real black belt. I'd be swinging my belt, you know. That's all I got. But I do have cousins that live in my house, Smith and Wesson. So I don't know how I would handle it, but I would drive the perpetrator out of my house. Well, my point today is this. Some of you need to take an offensive approach because life is too short for you to stay in this stronghold. You need to get your thinking right. You need to start thinking more about the things that are going to bring good decisions that are going to develop in peace and life. And then you're also going to identify the lie, and you're going to drive the lie out of your life. How am I going to do it? By the Word of God and by prayer. The Word of God and prayer. How does the Word of God apply to this? You're going to take the lie, and you're going to cover that with the Word of God, which is the truth. For every lie the enemy tells you, you're going to get into that word of God and you're going to speak truth back to the enemy. Because the enemy cannot withstand. The enemy cannot live in the house of truth. And the house is your heart. You're going to have to get the word of God down inside of you to the point where, uh-uh, that's not the truth. This is the truth over my life. I'm I'm not not broken. I'm made whole in the name of Jesus. And you're going to have to speak these positive, life-giving confessions that are rooted in the Word of God. And then you're going to have to go to prayer. Everybody say prayer. I'm not talking God is great, God is good. I'm not talking about Lord bless these piece of chicken and turnip greens. I'm talking about spiritual battle and claiming the blood of Jesus Christ. He gave his life over your mind. He gave his life over your physical body. He gave his life over your your emotions. Claim the blood of Jesus Christ over your home, your marriage, your kids, your money, over everything. Go to battle over it and claim your victory in the name of the Lord Jesus. Using the word of the Lord and prayer. Man, you get those two tag teaming. I'm telling you nothing can defeat the child of God that knows the word of God and prays. And before I dismiss you today, I want to talk to you on a very serious level. There's some of you in this room that you've never given your heart to Jesus. The enemy has you bound by this stronghold that you're not good enough to be saved. Can I tell you that's a lie of the devil? Well, my family, we've never been church people. That's the lie of the devil. That means nothing for your salvation. Well, I don't, i do not you know, I really don't know if I, if I understand all there is to understand. Welcome to my world. I don't understand all there is to understand about God. I'm scared of preachers that say they know everything there is to know about God. Because I find out something new every day. I find out there's depths of His grace that I'll never understand. There's depths of His mercy that I can't comprehend. God's big. Another lie of the devil for you is that your issues are intimidating to God. Can I tell you there's nothing intimidating to God. When Jesus Christ gave His best on the cross, He solved all the worries of intimidation. There's not a sin that you've committed that's not covered by the blood of the Lamb. By faith, you just need to receive the saving hand of Jesus. Just right where you are seated, I want you to bow your heads with me. Somebody asked me recently, Pastor Tommy, why do you have everybody bow their heads and close their eyes? For one reason only. Some people, some people just feel a little bit more confidence and a little bit more courage when it's just me and them and they're not worried about what's going on around them. Would you open your heart to me for a moment and let me ask you this sincere question. Do you know, do you know that you're saved? If you're not confident in that answer, The greatest thing that could ever happen for me right now is for me to have the privilege of leading you to Jesus. Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. And you're just one prayer away of Him becoming your Lord and Savior. If you're ready to take a step towards Jesus, and you really do mean it from the bottom of your heart that you want Him to be your Lord and Savior... Would you slip up your hand real quick and let me pray over you? <laughs> Just lift it up real tall. Let me see you right where you are. If you, if you want to come back to the Lord, if you know good and well that you've, you've kind of walked away, He's not been your priority and you're ready to come back to Him, would you lift your hand? This is so beautiful. So beautiful. There's one Two, three, four, five, six Seven, eight hands Please lift them up Please let's just just, just be confident right now That you're making this decision for yourself For every hand that's lifted I'm about to pray And I want you to come into agreement with me My words are just simply kind of a It's just kind of like a ball coach Talking to a player But the player's got to play the game I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer from your heart. Pray it with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I need you in my life. I know without any doubt in my mind that I don't stand a chance to be saved on my own. But I know that you, you've paid the ultimate price for my sin. And I put my faith in you today, Jesus. I don't put my faith in a preacher or a church or even a sermon. I put my faith in you, Jesus. Save me. Become my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you to keep me and protect me. And allow me to continue to defeat the strongholds and have enough courage to walk in the ways of the truth. And I thank you today for loving me and saving me. And I pray this prayer from the depths of my heart in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we clap our hands to the Lord today? Beautiful. Now I'm going to have you stand. And what I would like to do over the next few minutes for all of you that are standing. If you need special prayer. If you have a need in your life, what this church wants to do is we want to do life with you. If you have a need in your life, if you're going through a difficulty and you just want somebody to pray with you, I want to give you that opportunity. If the prayer partners that are here and available in this service would come quickly, we're just going to take a moment. And as we're being dismissed, I'm going to have them positioned right here in the front. Miss Marsha, come right here in front of me here. That way it's just kind of a little bit more balanced out. Here's what we want to do for you. We don't want you to just to come and leave. If you have a need, we want to pray with you. So today, for all of you that had your hands lifted up for salvation, I celebrate that. And boy, have you made heaven rejoice today. But I also know there's some of you here today that your need is, is something else and you want to pray with somebody about it. So over the next few minutes, these people are going to stand right here. They're not counselors. They're not here to work out problems with you. They're just here to pray with you and to encourage you. So as I dismiss you in prayer, this altar is open for anyone and everyone that would like to have special prayer. For you that had your hand lifted up for salvation, I'd love to baptize you soon. If you'll just go on to our app, You can choose a form that says register for baptism. Get registered. You even get to pick your own date. And I'd love to baptize you and help you and serve you and your family. So bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you for this first Sunday in this new series. We're going to live free. It's not your will that we live chained up and bound up and, and confused. You want us to live free. So, Father, right now, I just ask you to seal the word that you have uh, spoken to us. Seal it with the Holy Spirit. And for those that had their hands lifted up, I, I praise you for it. And I know heaven's rejoicing. And, Lord, over the needs that are here today, we bless them in Jesus' name. Everybody say a big amen. I love you. May God bless you. I hope to see you next Sunday at one of the three services, all right? God be with you. You're dismissed today. The altar's available now if you need prayer for any reason. Come quickly. Let us pray with you today. May the Lord bless you.